0: Microsoft Teams is helping Priority Bicycles transform the way they work. After closing their New York City showroom, they started doing virtual visits on Teams. And now, people from all over the world can come into their showroom. Learn more at Microsoft.com Teams.
1: He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades.
0: Three's end zone, he hit 500! Career touchdowns.
1: From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI The Chris Myers Interview.
0: It's good to have on CMI the Chris Myers interview here on Podcast One. Uh, Joe Theismann, longtime friend, yeah, he's, he's been a lot of things. Yeah, Super Bowl champ, an NFL MVP. He's a, he's an author. He's been a, he's been a broadcaster. He's a good guy to to talk to, not just about football, but about a lot of things. Which is why I want to I you know want to talk about the book that came out over the summer, "How to Be a Champion Every Day." Uh, it's a very easy read with some simple points that I think can help anybody in any. Uh, form of, of their job or their lives, but Joe, it's just good to good to catch up with you.
1: You're doing okay. I am, Chris. Thank you. It's always good to catch up with you. It's been uh, been a long time since we really had a chance. Probably the Super Bowl a year ago we had a chance to really sit and visit, uh, but I always enjoy our conversation.
0: Yeah, I miss you know I miss seeing you whether it's out at football games or, or talking. And uh, I hate I hate to start with this because I know you've been reminded, uh, but this crossed a lot of people's minds, especially when Alex Smith made his comeback with. Washington but it it had to and I'm sure I know you've been asked or whatever but it it had to trigger a thought with with you after what happened in 1985 when national television saw the the compound fracture and your tibia and fibula that really ended your career Lawrence Taylor Harry Carson the fact that it was on on national television it changed changed everything uh but but you must have had special feelings watching Alex Smith uh, come back and at least help lead Washington into the postseason
1: oh just I mean um, incredible emotions. I was there the night in the stadium when he got hurt and we've stayed in contact um, for the two years, now three, that he's, uh, he's come back to be able to play. And it was just amazing me. I mean, our injuries were similar, Chris, but what Alex went through to get back on the field and what I went through from a rehabilitation <laughs> standpoint to try and get back on the field were entirely different you know, 17 surgeries, four different um, flesh-eating bacterias. He had to get a letter from the Secretary of State to be able to go to the rehab center down in Dallas, where we work with our soldiers uh, who have catastrophic uh, injuries like that. And uh, he did it all. I mean, his mental toughness is crazy. I mean, if he's not the comeback player of the year this year, then there's something wrong with the ballot. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Yeah. But, I've said this before, his wife, Elizabeth, I know is his biggest fan, but you're talking to his second biggest fan because I know exactly what he went through. And, you know, interestingly enough, uh, you know, Dak Prescott may be the story next year uh, Uh of a young man that comes back from a, from a severe injury like that and manages to get back on the football field. But it's so, it, it was so emotional for me when he, walked out on the football field against the Rams in that ugly, rainy, miserable day, and Aaron Donald jumped on his back, and he went to the ground, and he got up. I mean, that, I just, you know, I breathed a sigh of relief at that point.
0: Does it bother you, Joe, when people that are not in the medical field or tied to the team or him, the outside fan or people that do care, they're interested, right? Uh, They're like, my God, he shouldn't be playing football. He's got the money. He's got this. He's got that. The guy shouldn't be playing.
1: It, it, it doesn't bother me at all when, when people ask me about it. If there's any way that I can help people, and I, actually, Chris, it isn't just athletes. I mean, I've, um, I had a young man reach out. His father had a skiing accident, and he had the same sort of a similar injury to mine, not exact. The funny part is people will say, you know, my buddy had the exact same injury as you <laughs> when he broke his forearm. And I'm thinking, well, OK, it wasn't exactly the same, but I get it from different people. And, and right. I'm willing to help anybody get through it. Obviously, the medical staff will take care of all the doctors, and everybody. But there's a mental part of it that you want to get over that hurdle of can I do it? Am I mm-hmm. able to do it? That's the thing where I try and help people. But right. you know, I'm more than happy to help anybody. And I'm flattered that they ask. And I really believe my injury sort of set the tone for the way injuries are presented today in football. Or in all sports. Yeah. You know, immediately people go to commercial. You know it. You do the games. Right. Something happens. You'll go right to commercial and sort of assess the severity of the injury. And if it's something that you want to talk about and or show.
0: Yeah, and gruesome and a tough to watch what people do, they turn away. You, you're concerned. You want to know what happened, but you you don't want to want to look. And again, yours was back in in the mid '80s, and and you, I think mentally tough. You would have been able to come back had you had the kind of modern medicine. Or I I don't know the exact of your injury, but you you did try to come back, right? You wanted to come back. I know you went into broadcasting, but didn't you kind of have a, a sense that hey, if I could play again, and somebody you know I'm healthy enough, and somebody wants to give me a chance, I want to get back out there.
1: Absolutely, I wanted to play again. And almost, uh, you know, almost to the day, I guess you could say, Alex came back uh, in about two years. And that's how long it took me to really get back to where my arm didn't have soreness in it. I felt like I had mobility. I could move fairly well. But again, it, we're talking about a different time in mm-hmm. football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you were 35 years old and hurt in 1985, they couldn't wait to get you out the door and find someone else. And today, <laughs> as we've seen with Alex, if you're hurt, uh, you're going to get an opportunity to be able to finish out a contract or maybe even possibly sign a, a two-year extension, depending upon, you know, how well you can throw the football.
0: Yeah. And you're, I mean, you've always been, I got to tell you, physically fit. I mean, uh, as, as the years go by, I haven't, have an age, at least not, not an appearance and, and uh, you, you should write a book on that, by the way. or Maybe you have <laughs> uh, on, on how, people how to stay younger. You know the Dick Clark of uh,
1: yeah of professional uh, sports. Uh,
0: oh yeah, of ex of ex quarterbacks. But the book, uh, how to be a champion every day, and and I'm a big fan of these uh, types of of books. And I like it from somebody who who has a story to tell. And it's it's six timeless keys to Success, uh, written by you. And I, I'm going to just, at the end, I love that, and uh, thanks for the for sending me the copy here, but I, I like that you started, it wasn't one of the checkpoints, but uh, you kind of threw this in as an extra point, a letter to my younger self, uh, which which when I w- read through this, and we'll go through the other checkpoints. But I, I think that's something, Joe, without diving into yours necessarily, that I, I think everybody can kind of do at a certain point in your life, and and it's very healthy. What What prompted you to Think about that, and what do you, what do you what did you gain from the letter to yourself at this stage in your life?
1: Well, you know it's interesting, Chris. When um, when I put the book together, I wanted to. I, I I knew from the beginning that I wanted that to be the last part of the book. Um, the other parts, the opportunity, the um, teamwork, the motivation, uh, the goals—they're all part have evolved through my presentations and speeches that I've done. Through almost 40 years now, but uh, back, I guess I'm trying to think. It might have been the Super Bowl in Houston, where Derek Jeter had the site. And basically, what it was, it was the players' tribute. Okay. And they came to me and said, "Hey, look, we'd like to. We have a question for you. If you could write a letter, and I dictated it basically. If you could write, if you could tell your younger self something, what would you tell him?" And it, it gave me a. It gave me pause to think about where I was, what I went through, and where I am today. And I think it applies to a lot of people. Where are we today? We're in a different world today, Chris. I mean, socially, economically, everything is different. Uh, the world is different. And so from there, you know, what would you tell your younger self on how you would deal with certain situations? And so when I had a chance to do that, it was, it was something that I wanted people to read because the book is not a sports book. It's, it's a book that takes the world of sports, the world of business and our own lives. And it shows the parallels between them. And when I did the, the you know, letter to my younger self, you know, I took the experiences that I went through and tried to let that young Joey Theismann know that these were the things that were going to transpire in your life. And I'd like you to look at them differently than I did, or look at them in a different way than I did. And so that's why I, I closed the book with it. And and I also dedicate it to our men and women who defend our freedoms. Um, that's another thing that's very important to me is those people that put on a uniform and go out there and fight for our freedoms. Uh, we don't say thank you enough. I mean, yep. you know, Chris, really, they're the real heroes in, right. in sports, in sports. Uh, we use the term as heroes. Uh, well, you know, Patrick Gahome is a hero to young people and he is, right. or um, Annika Sorenstam's a, a young hero to young people young ladies that want to play golf. I mean, they're heroes, but the real term hero to me is somebody puts their life on the line every day to make sure that we can have certain things in our lives. And, and I've said this before, it's always appreciated when somebody said, Hey ma'am, my dad told me about you when he was growing up, you were his hero. And I I'm flattered and honored, right. but really that term hero belongs to the the doctors that are out there mm-hmm. treating all the patients today and, and all of the the medical, the, the police officers, the firemen, the first responders, they're real heroes because yep. they and, put and, out there every day.
0: And our our military sounds like maybe if, if Joe Thaiso didn't play football, I mean, would you have would you have thought? I mean, would the military have been a place for you or or not? Yeah, I would have been. A,
1: I would have enlisted in the Marines. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'd already made my mind up. Uh, you know, I would have been a skinny little marine. I mean, I came out of high school <laughs> 152 pounds, so <laughs> I would have been. Uh, I would have been just a skinny little kid, which I was. Heck, Chris, I went to college at, at 163 pounds. Wow. And I was one of 13 quarterbacks at the University of Notre Dame.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then we, we know the story of, of Thiesman from Thiesman. Roger I, changed yes. my name. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody,
1: and you yells, do, but, everybody gets, gets on me. They go to me and say, oh, yeah. man, I can't believe you changed your name. I didn't right. do it.
0: Roger did. It. Microsoft Teams is helping priority bicycles reinvent the way they work. When the pandemic hit, the bike shop had to close their New York City showroom. They found a way to reopen by doing virtual visits on Teams. Now the team can meet with two or three times the number of customers than they could before. And now people from all over the world can come into their showroom, learn more about their story and others at Microsoft.com slash teams. I want to go back to the letter because I, I like in the letter and I think we can relate it. I think this is something, and you're right, it's beyond a sports book that, that the young Joe Theismann, like a lot of young people, I think of myself in, in broadcasting, where you you're headstrong. You you're confident. You 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 know, you're, you don't want to be arrogant, but you're cocky to the point of, uh, and you haven't learned enough yet. But you need that confidence to be successful. And and where's the line? And when you alienate people, maybe or or get yourself in trouble by by crossing over that. Uh, I I just think you you know you could address that from experiences, and you you touch on a little bit of that.
1: You know, Chris, you don't know what you don't know yet. That's basically it. I mean, it's it's like it's I give you an analogy. The first Super Bowl we played in. We were, you know, we we didn't have a bye week. We went right from the playoffs. We we played four playoff games and right into the playoffs and right to the Super Bowl. And it's like, by the time you blinked, it was over. But you were experiencing those things without thought. Um, I think sometimes we make decisions as our younger selves without giving a lot of thought to what the consequences might be two years down the road, three years, five years, ten years down the road. And that's just, you know, that's just life. And so as, as I look back and tried to give myself advice about going to Canada, about uh, being a punt returner, about, you know, wanting the job uh, of Billy's and Sonny's. I mean, I came to town when I came to Washington. Uh, George Allen traded a number one pick for me uh, to the Miami Dolphins. So I really was a number one pick in the National Football League, sort of secondhand, I guess you could say. <laughs> and uh, I came to town. And, and I made a comment. I mean, I wasn't bashful at all. I, I said, I didn't come here to sit. I came here to play. Well, that sort of pissed off Billy and Sonny just a little bit. And I, and I think truthfully, you know, they were in competition uh, in, on that football team. But George liked Billy a lot because he ran the football a lot. And Sonny was, I think, one of the greatest peer passers this game has ever seen. I do believe the greatest that we've ever seen when it comes to throwing the football is Aaron Rodgers. He, okay. has, he has no peer. People have been – they've had quick releases. They've spun the ball very well. It's had great velocity, and they've been accurate. Different individuals have had different elements. Aaron has it all. But, yeah. you know, for me, I, I, you know, I wanted to come here, and I wanted to play. And, you know, you know, it's sort of like, hey, you didn't really have to put it that way, Joe. My mom used to tell me all the time, <laughs> never what you say, it's how you say it. That's right. important. <laughs>
0: That's
1: a good way. But you, I don't
0: blame you for, you, you, you know, for at least that – we want athletes to be honest in interviews, yeah. right? Writers want, again, you have to be diplomatic to a certain degree and that's where the, how you say it comes in. So I, I can't fault that, but I could see where the other guys would feel the same way. I, I had some similar thoughts, you know, things come out in broadcasting. Yeah, I, get, when, when, you
1: got into broad, when you got into broadcasting, it's, it, you you looked around at different, obviously John Madden is, is the, the broadcaster of broadcasters we looked at. I, I had a chance to work with Pat Summerall uh, through yep. the preseason you know, I Joe Joe Buck was my first partner. Uh, Jack Buck. Jack was oh, my. Oh, Jack first Buck. Partner. Ja,
0: yeah, Joe's dad.
1: Okay, great. Right, Joe's dad was my was my first partner. Then I worked with Timmy Ryan, and then I had the pleasure, you know, and the honor at ESPN to work with Paul McGuire and Mike Patrick and Mike Tirico and and even Tony Kornheiser. I spent a year with Tony. Okay. Um, it, it was you know the experiences that we have with the people, and I think that's one of the things I I hope I try to relate in the books is in the book is is these aren't all. Joe Theismann ideas or concepts. Uh, General Powell contributes uh, in the aspect of leadership. Uh, I sought out people who I admire and respect and have been successful. And I, I've always believed this. If you're looking to gain success in certain areas, talk to people that have had success in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and study, study them, study mm-hmm. individuals. Uh, Anthony Robbins does an unbelievable job when it comes to speaking. Les Brown. Right does an unbelievable job look at what they do look at the way they can look at their stage presence look at their voice inflections listen to what they say how they say it uh look at the pauses that they take if that's what you want to do then study it and learn from it and then own it yeah it's like like acting it's exactly you know i've got i've got a couple of hallmark movies that are running now and we're looking at another script the (laughs) one thing i've learned the one thing i've learned uh It is to own it. And one of the greatest conversations I've ever had about acting was with Matthew McConaughey, who is a professor at the University of Texas and teaches it. And he has, I I just finished watching uh, for the fifth time, the movie, The Gentleman. Uh And he has such command and his presence is so unbelievable. Uh, It's a great one to study just from personal (laughs) presentation.
0: Yeah. Even in that Wolf of Wall Street, that small part. Right, Same they're thing. just owning the, that. That and the way that little scene. Uh, yeah. That well, that's cool. So you talked to McConaughey, and I know you did some acting. By the way, an episode of The Simpsons. Right? Isn't there a Homer Simpson line where he says to Mar, it's "Like, don't uh, you made me miss Joe Thiesman or something?" He's yeah, watching TV. I, I mean, you
1: know, I, I yeah. did that. As a matter of fact, Robin Williams, uh when he Robin Williams at the Met, uh, in back in in the eighties, uh, talked about me and my leg and. Going all the way back, go a long oh, wow. way back. I happen to sit in the front row, and at, at Don Rickles. <laughs> oh,
0: that Don Rickles! Place, that is <laughs> not a place you want
1: to be. If you're <laughs> into, okay, oh,
0: the late Don Rickles. Boy, he would shred everybody equally, <laughs> oh, including man. himself. His own, you know. Of course, today, you know, you can't even go there. Even for comics, it's difficult.
1: And this is really one of the things that I try. A matter of fact, I do presentations now virtually, and one of the things that I talk to people about is you have to evolve and you have to adapt. We're in a different environment. And and you you may not like it. Right. Uh, it may not be comfortable for you. But if you're going to survive and live in it, you better evolve and you better adapt.
0: Yep. Let me, uh, again, uh, we're talking with Joe Theis about how to be a champion every day. I just, let me run through, we'll, we'll kind of bullet point, because I started with the part that wasn't one of the six points. And, so, and, and like you said, Joe, these are kind of... These are, these are basic things, reminders, and then you attach them in different ways for people to kind of uh, grasp. And, it's, and number one is this opportunity where you say, make the most of today because these are the glory days, not yesterday, not the last decade, a little bit what you were just saying there today. So it's kind of what like living, in, living in the moment, but w- where's the opportunity? What are you saying about that?
1: Well, we're, you know, I think we're all presented with opportunities. The question is, how do we react to them? Are you prepared for the opportunity when it gets there? You know, I created... Uh, what I call a competitive edge, which really is an opportunity. Uh, when I went to the university of Notre Dame, I went there early. I was one of 13 quarterbacks. I was five feet, 10 and 165 pounds, 62 pounds, whatever it was. And I, you know, there were guys, six-three, six-four, two hundred 200 pounds could throw the living daylights out of the ball. I went there a week early right. so that I understood where to stand in a huddle. I understood some of the plays. So when coaches started practices and, you know, Chris, it's like any meeting, In the world of business, when you start a meeting, you want to make sure that somebody in charge knows what's going on. So for me, I I sort of got a feel for what the offense was going to be, where to stand. And I got to the head of the line. I created the opportunity for myself to be the first guy there. Now, the question is, there's one thing creating opportunity and capitalizing on it. There's another thing to keep it. It's It's like becoming successful. A lot of people become successful in different ways. But the only way that you can really judge yourself is on sustained success. How many mm-hmm. times have we seen it in football? You know, the one-year wonders that we see all the time. Oh, unbelievable, incredible individual. This is going to be person's going to be this, that, whatever. And it doesn't work out that way.
0: Yeah. But, you know,
1: take, take it. Take look it. at the opportunity that's there and be prepared to be able to seize it.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of you know Tom Brady right i i you know he he has a, an ability uh, Joe and we to manipulate his mind almost so that even after six super bowls he he's kind of acting like i have to Prove to myself that I haven't done anything yet. Jerry Rice told me before he would line up, you know, this is the best receiver of all time on the field and and, and remind, have to tell himself, I haven't done anything yet. You know, even though he's may have all the reception titles or touchdowns, it was their way of, of, of motivating, which may be a different thing, but you, you also talk about attitude, be your number one fan. This is one of the, before you can win, you have to believe you'll win. So you're kind of, it's like dress for success, right? See yourself in the, in the position.
1: Right. Right. Visualization is important. You know, see see where you want to be. I mean, they talk about it in golf. When you stand over a putt, you can basically visualize the line that that putt's going to go. It's it's your mind's eye, what it basically is. It, it sees before it happens. And, and when it comes to attitudes, they precede everything. Every attitude is preceded by in our life. Everything we do is preceded by an attitude towards something. And I talk about confidence as a part of it. Uh, one of the little stories I tell is, is, you know, about, you know, congratulate. Don't be afraid to congratulate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be afraid to say, hey, I, you know, I'm okay. And I tell right. people get up in the morning, walk in the bathroom. What do you normally do? You throw the light switch on, you look in the mirror, what were the first words out of your mouth? Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. especially now, especially know, now. Yes. Right. It's, as it's like, my gosh, I got That's the really same pajamas on. I got the same sweatshirt <laughs> on. You know, yeah. What I tell them is, Hey, get up in the morning, walk <laughs> in the bathroom, throw the light switch on and go, wow, you're going to have yourself a great day. Right. I mean, let yourself know that it's out there. Um, and, and part of, part of attitude is don't be afraid to take a chance. I talk about my historic one yard punt, um, as you know, being something against the bears back in 85. Uh, third game of the season, it was um, it, it was a funny, funny moment. Now it wasn't then because they beat us like thirty-eight to nine or forty-two to nine, some ridiculous number. But I sort of started the whole thing, and we'd uh, we'd scored a touchdown, and our punter Jeff Hayes had torn a thigh muscle. And we didn't have a punter, so Coach Gibbs is standing on the sidelines, going, "What am I going to do?" I thought, "Hey, Coach, I can punt." You can what? I said, "I can punt. How hard can it going to be? Drop the ball, raise your foot, boom, you
0: <laughs> You never punted in a game. Now, I know you returned punts, I remember, but you'd I never punted it in a game. My first
1: two years, I was a punt returner. Right. But, you but I, I did it a little bit in college, a little okay. bit in high school. But, you know, and I used to practice. I, I'd, I'd love to be on a practice field, yeah, Chris. Yeah. I just, okay. gosh, man, I loved everything about practice, staying late, going early, just love being out there. So I went to Coach Gibbs. I said, I can punt. He said, fine, next to you punt. We get, you know, we get to fourth down, ball's on the, on the 15-yard line. I'm on the goal line. I'm looking up going, hey, mom, look at me. I'm a punter in the national football League, and what was going through my mind was, "Hey, Danny White of the Cowboys is doing it, Why can't I?" It made sense to me. So I get the snap, and there's actually, I have a photograph of my punt, and if, if you're looking straight ahead and you look out to about two o'clock on a, on a clock, that's where the ball is. The ball went 16 yards. I'm back 15. See, I claim to be a record holder in the National a one- football. yard punt. That's a one a, yard punt. Oh, and and oh. now Sean Landetta is listed as the shortest punt at minus six. But the truth of the matter is, is Landetta never touched the ball because I asked him about it. The wind, right? That's right. The, the wind blew spot. the yeah, that's right. It happened at the same spot at Soldiers Field. So I am claiming to be the worst punter in the history of the National Football. That's funny. What
0: a, what a, a, a,
1: a part but of But the, basically what I said, what I say, don't be afraid to step outside your comfort zone. Right. Take right. the attitude of, you know, you can do it. Yep. I, I got, so- one, of my best, one of my best friends is into uh, air filtration systems. Never knew anything about it. Somebody came to him and said, we've got this sawmill that we want to be able to get the dust and stuff out. Can you do it? He said, sure. Had no idea, no concept of what to do. Built it from scratch. And now he has a a huge business doing stuff like that.
0: Microsoft Teams is helping priority bicycles transform the way they work after closing their New York City showroom, they started doing virtual visits on Teams. And now people from all over the world can come into their showroom, learn more at microsoft.com slash Teams. All right, how about uh, goals, which we, is something we all have. I'm one of those that, you know, make a list every year of goals, right? Some far-reaching, some immediate. You can write stuff on your mirror so you see it every day, right? That
1: helps yeah. bring the mind into that. But you're a little bit of an exception because most people, as a matter of fact, I, I quote them, statistic, roughly 98% of the people uh, refuse to take a pen in hand and write down a goal. Really? Wow. Yeah, honestly. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable study. I, again, I, I did a lot of times, I spent a lot of time sort of researching things and people just don't take the time to write down goals. You know why? Because if you write down a goal, you make a contract with yourself. Yes, thinking, yes. See, if I don't write it down, I can always fudge it. Eh, you know, I can, but if you write it down and I, I call it bringing it out into the physical universe, when you can see it, you can believe it, you can do it. And so by writing down goals, you find out exactly what direction you want to go. And I write down goals every morning of things I want to accomplish. Wow. And then I ask people to do this, to take a pen in their hand and over a two week period, not one, because it, it's, it's like writing a will. It takes some time. Right. Think about the What do you want personally, professionally? spiritually and financially, and write them down. And I think you're amazed, and this is what I tell people, and, and this is the way I explain it in the book, you'll be amazed how your life starts to go in that direction because you've now given it direction.
0: Yeah, and, and, and Joe, even if it doesn't go in the exact direction, it usually leads to something good so or something positive exactly. uh, to help connect to those to those other things, this one threw me a little bit and I, uh, you know, because people are the reason we're in business and I get that. And, and also uh, in our lives, I mean, it's about it's about people beyond ourselves. which I know we've talked a lot about our own focus in, in your book, uh, but the, the customer service, which was your fourth checkpoint.
1: Sure. It's I, I, you know, the only that's the only reason we're in business is, is to take care of the customers. It's a customer service is nothing more than than people taking care of people. It it's, it's how do you treat people how would you like to be treated and it, 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 and it isn't just and this is one thing I talk about it isn't just the customers that buy a product. If you're an executive in a company, those people that work for you are your customers mm-hmm. I mean when's the last time in a, you're an executive in a company and you, you went to let's say it's a manufacturing company How many times have you visited the floor in a manufacturing company how, much, how, how many times have you taken the time to let somebody know? how important they are to what they're doing, because we all serve roles. I mean, it, it, when, it, when it comes to the customer service, it's, those, it's the little things we do. See, I handwrite all my thank you letters. Mm-hmm. And the reason yep. I do that, and I, I don't profess to be a grammarian. I write down words and I cross them out. And truthfully, Chris, I put commas where I take a breath. If it looks <laughs> good, it's getting a comma. Right. That, that's about it. And the reason I do it is I got a letter one day after a presentation, three-page letter from the president of a company, and it wasn't signed. And I thought, wow, wow. such How a amazing. nice, flattering letter. And, and he couldn't take the time to sign it. And so I made up my mind, if you're going to write a letter, you will sign it. But it's going to be from me. Now, here's the thing. I understand that people have a lot of communications, a lot of emails to send out. I think that's very impersonal, but it has to be done. But why can't you at the end of a letter that you've dictated and sent out in your own script, write down something about the meeting, whether it's a virtual meeting on Zoom or or Skype or whatever, that, hey, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you taking the time. You know, your house looks great. It's great. I wish I could work from the the, the laundry room all the time, whatever it might be. <laughs> but it connects you to that individual. and I think people appreciate that. Yep, and so to me, it, it's like, there's a little saying that a friend of mine gave me a long time ago, and it sits on my desk, and it goes like this. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Ooh, I like that. Like I that like one? that.
0: Yes, that's, a, that's what I had heard, and I'm big on a lot of, you know, those quotable quotes. I, I love those because they do. They inspire if you actually let them sink in and, and apply. People and, and don't f-
1: care how much you know until they know how much you care.
0: Yeah, that's and you the do, essence of customer service, and it relates to the fifth uh, chapter or the f- fifth point in your in your book, uh, teamwork, right? Because you need people, and you talk about greatness, you can't achieve it alone. So, uh, and that's obviously in sports, it's easy. But whether it's, uh, you know, Microsoft uh, sure. teamwork or virtual teamwork, you, you need to. And, and what in what you talk about, um, uh, obviously, there's leadership parts of that. But but teamwork is what? Being unselfish? Uh, uh, how, how do you how do you get the most out of that?
1: Well, it's it's it, I take the acronym T.E.A.M. It's together. Everyone achieves more. And, and uh, I, I tell a story about Coach Gibbs at the Hall of Fame. Now Joe Gibbs is going into the Hall of Fame. Now I'm not going to be in a Hall of Fame. I have no preconceived notions about that. <laughs> but I wanted to, I, you know, I was there for Coach because I was I was his longest tenured quarterback and it was the first Super Bowl we went to. And I was really his first quarterback. Not that he wanted to keep me. Tried to, tried. He was going to bench me in '81 after the fifth game after we were 0-5. But uh, you know, I went to his house. And that's another thing. Just to regress a second, how important are the things in your life, and what would you do to keep I drove to Joe Gibbs's house to have a sit down with him because my job was important to me and I didn't want him to make an assessment on what he might hurt. I had restaurants, I had TV shows, I had other things, but I wanted to let him know I was committed to football. And so now spinning forward to his induction into the hall of fame. And I'm sitting there and, you know, sort of figuring I'm going to get, I'm going to get my name mentioned. I was, you know, I was longest tenured quarterback, right. Went to two right. Super Bowls with him. So I'm sitting there and he gets up on the podium. He says, there's a couple of people in particular I want to thank. And I'm thinking, hey, man, this is it, my moment. I'm going to get my name mentioned at the Hall of Fame. This is cool. And he says, I really want to thank Otis Wansley and Reggie Branch in particular. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what? You know, Reggie, Reggie blocked for John Riggins in short yardage and goal line. Uh, Otis was on our kickoff return team and our kickoff coverage team. Guys, each of them played six, seven plays a game. And for like six months, I walked around going, man, I cannot believe he didn't mention art. Or he didn't mention John or, or Daryl, you know, or, or me. I had, I call these me moments. You know how we have me moments in our yes, life where we yes. think we're the most important person in the world. Yeah, we
0: got to wake ourselves
1: up. Yeah. Exactly. This was a me moment. And then about six months after that, I, I, was, I was sitting in, uh, in my car one day and I went, oh, my God, Joe, you are such a jerk. What Joe was saying is, yeah, we have guys that are in the Hall of Fame. We have guys that would be in the Hall of Fame. We have guys that, are, that play 65 plays. But every member, every member of our team, whether you played one play or 65 plays, contributed to me being here today at the Hall of Fame. So it, you have to understand your role. It's like I, I say this to people all the time, is when you look at a company, who's the most important person in that company? Is it the COO? Is it the CEO? Is it the president? Is it head of human resources? Is it R&D? How about the assistant that takes the calls? How about that person at the switchboard? How important is that one individual to the success of this company? Mm-hmm. And so when you really, you step back and look at the team, it encompasses everyone. And, and, and no, one in a, no one in a team unit should feel like they are less important than the other person, irrespective of their title.
0: That great great point, to and uh, and in broadcasting and, too. Know, Chris,
1: here's a, here's an example of it. Look at look at the amount of people that put together the bro- when I was in broadcasting and you're doing yeah. it now. Look at the amount of people that assist you. You're the you're the guy out front. You're right there. Right. Boom. But you look at the people on your team that help you do your job.
0: Yeah, it's un. And you just, I was thinking of that as you were going through this show. The spotter, the stats guy, the audio guy, who makes sure that the mics way that we get the right crowd. You know, obviously the director, and p- some people get their name of the producers, some don't. But all the way along to to a, a runner, the college intern, who might be, you know, getting, you know, a hot coffee to the booth on a cold yeah, day really? in Lambeau. Uh, you know that yes, and all very important. Never, yeah, you never take uh, those people for granted, and you're always appreciative, and you always notice when somebody. And I've, this happened this year, of course, is missing or can't make it. And, you know, you, either there's a fill in or somebody can't, you have to get on beyond that, that point. Uh, but the final chapter of the book, other than the one we, we talked about, the bonus at the end, but it's motivation. We touched on that a little bit. I like that you just said in here, and you can talk about not only what motivates you, you said what compels you to win. So there's a, there's a motivation to start something, right, to get in it, uh, whether it's football business or broadcast, And then there's the part to, to win, which means really to be successful, to be some of the, one of the best at it. Right,
1: you know, get it, really get it in the end zone. You know, it's like <laughs> it's you. like it, it, you know, how many times have people been stopped at the one yard line and they can't recover from? It? I mean, they never get that. You know, again, there's that opportunity again. I talk about opportunities too. You know, when you look at Super Bowls, there's two teams that have an opportunity in a Super Bowl. What motivates you in life? I said, I you know, I, I kid people, My wife, hit, my feet hit the floor in the morning. I drive Robin nuts because I you know I just <laughs> I can't wait to see what the day brings. Good, bad, whatever it is. There's something out there.
0: Even, yeah, in, even in these now. even in these virtual times, Joe, where you can't get, you're not really free to move around or do as much as we normally would. You still have you know, that yeah, same. you play.
1: know, something actually interesting. I did a presentation up in Albany, New York, about a month and a half ago, where we it was a virtual meeting, but we set it up in a conference room where they had certain cameras where I could move in a, a particular fashion, which was the first time I really had a chance to. Oh, move. And, that's cool. You know, cool. I talk a lot with my hands, but right. Even, I think even over, even the virtual aspect of it, you can use voice inflection to emphasize points. Right. You can talk calmly or you can get excited. And, and, and that, that sort of, I think it, it, it goes through uh, out to the universe that way. But you know, I, I talk about fear being a motivator, pride being a motivator. Money is a motivator, but it shouldn't be the sole reason. And I
0: right, but also that. let me interrupt you. Can't fear and pride, aren't those two things that get in the way of, of, of being motivated or, or successful?
1: I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think. I think. Um, I asked Joe Montana this one day after he's getting ready for his fourth Super Bowl, um, and it, it, it falls sort of under the category of fear. And I said, Joe, you're, you know, this is second nature to you. You've been an MVP of the Super Bowl. You're back for your fourth one. I mean, you know, this has got to be just, you know, another day at the office. He said, Joe, if you're not afraid to lose, then losing means nothing. There's another quote for you. Oh,
0: yeah, I like that. Okay. If you're not
1: afraid to lose, then losing especially, means nothing.
0: Especially from Montana.
1: And, and, you know. and so, you know, yeah. And again, you know, it, it's like with Tom Brady. I asked Tom one day, what makes you great? What, make, what made you great? Don't think about it a long time. Just tell me off the top of your head. And I've done this with a lot of, I've done it with business people. I've done it with athletes. And and what, what, what made you great? He said, the right time, the right place, and the right people. Wow. And that's the humility of Tom Brady. Yes. The right time, yes. the right place, and the right people. And he said, he had, had to
0: he had do those other things. Him. Yeah. He had to do those other things that you talked about, too, of, you know, preparing yourself, right? Believing in yep. yourself, having in the attitude, you know, those things kind of come together. And I, I like, Joe, the way you, uh, you know, simplified things. I mean, yeah, you can go into everything and expound upon these, but to, to put them in those brief categories in and, and an easy read and then apply it uh, and and with your own personal stories and some of the other names you mentioned. Uh, you know, Chris, uh, too,
1: the other, the other thing, too, is, is this isn't a, um, it's not a how-to book for people. This is this the way, this is, these are the things that I've experienced, both the highs and the lows. And if I can help you avoid some of the, the pitfalls and lows that you go through or you might be going through, I think that's great. But you can see some of the examples of some of the things that I've relied on so many people. Um, and like I said, this is a, it's a book of suggestions. It's a book of stories that applied to there, you know, the stories, a lot of them are out of the world of sports. Some aren't, some are, um, you know, people like Freddie, uh, Freddie Paglia, my buddy who ran craft. And of course, uh, General Powell are individuals that I think the world of. And, you know, you talk about that, the, the song, uh, live life like you're dying by Tim McGraw. Yeah. Um, you know, and I say this to people, if, if the doctor came to you and said you had six months to live, I hate to tell you, but you have six months to live. Would you live your life the same way you're living it? Or would you do something different?
0: Okay. But if you don't have that, Joe, if you don't have that deadline in front of you, is the risk reward? I mean, you can't you can't go through life diving at everything or skydiving. You can't go, you
1: can't go through life with regrets, though, either, Chris. That's true. That's you true. You, you can't say, well, I wish I'd have done this. Well, my question is, why didn't you? Yeah, what, were, yeah. what were you afraid of? The fear uh, yeah. becomes very paralyzing to people. So,
0: yeah, so maybe it's the old, you know, like they say, p- pick your spots. I mean, is that w- when yeah. to be as aggressive and, yeah, and what, what's important but, to but you. you
1: have to do that in life. You know. I think you have to pick, you have to pick, you know, when you, it's like gambling. Hey, let's face it. When <laughs> do you put, your, when you put your chips on the table? Right. It's right. like, I, I guarantee you, I, I trade a lot of equities on the markets. Uh-huh. The people are out there now looking at the stock market, 30, 31,000. You know, what's going to happen with, with a new administration? There's trepidation, there's fear. Uh, but it's going to be something that we have to, you know, it'll motivate us going forward, hopefully, to be better with one another, to care about one another, to respect one another a lot more
0: And to, yeah, than and we to have the, in the
1: past. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah. you know, from, from my perspective, you know, different things motivate different people. And I, like I tell, I don't know what flips your switch. Right. I don't know what gets <laughs> you going, but there's something out there that'll get you excited. One quick story I tell about Mark Mosley, whom I absolutely adore is, is our kicker. Mark, I believe, is the only kicker ever to be a, an MVP of the National Football Yes, league.
0: that is correct. Yep.
1: And so we're getting ready to play the Eagles, I think, back in 83. M- rainy, miserable, horrible day. So I'm standing at the mirror, putting my eye black on, like I always do traditionally. Mark is fixing his hair, standing next to me. And I, I walked up to him. I said, hey, Mo, you, it, it's raining outside. He said, yeah, it's raining. And all this time, he's fixing his hair. I said, it's raining outside. He said, yeah, I know. I said, you putting a helmet on? He says, Yeah. I said, Well, why are you fixing your hair? He never took his eyes off the mirror and he said this to me. He said, Joe, I'm proud of who I am and I'm proud of who I represent. Now hand me that hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: fun. It is better it is better to look good than to feel good. That's right. It's better
1: to it's better to present the image than worry about what it's gonna be that That always stuck with me. I'm proud of who I am and I'm proud I represent. And to me, that's a motivation. Yep. Um, and he
0: and he lived up and he lived up to that. But all right, he well,
1: certainly did. I mean, he he looks even today, you know, his hair's meticulous. His his if he if he if he dresses down, it's because a button is unbuttoned. Okay, right. that's about it for Mo. But right. one of my well, dear friends. But I, it was something. You it. know, all those all those there's some of the things that I are stories that I tell and you know different aspects of the book that I I appreciate. You and I haven't a chance to visit. Yeah, route. no,
0: that's why I wanted to spend, and we'll we'll do this again where we can talk about football and some other things in life. But I I just yeah. wanted to devote uh, because I I grabbed it and, and looked at. It and I was like, oh, I, and I was able to read through it and then apply it and then go back and check on some things. So, and I wanted to hear from from your perspective since I've known you all these years. How to be a champion yeah. every day, uh, Joe Theismann. Uh, please check it out. I'm sure it's on Amazon and uh, or online. Right, people can get it.
1: Yeah, get it online. Actually, the audio book is available too. You can download that okay, as well. Good. All right. Well, you which take the care. Thing, which is the hardest thing I've ever done, Chris? Oh, you did the actual. You, I did, the, narr- be- I did oh. the narration, and okay. uh, so you know, pronunciation was fun. Trying to get make sure you get all the words because right, some right. of the some of the stuff I could say, but then you really have to phonetically sound it out, and you had to put the the does in, and you can't sort of say something like in our conversation. Uh, if if you sit down sometimes and and read a conversation that people have had, it's funny. This is one way I learned in broadcasting. What uh, Freddie Godelli did this for me. He trans. Fred, of course, does a great job with Chris yep. and Al on NBC. Right, terrific producer. Um, so Freddie, after like I, 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 first when I first got in the business. Well, this I, I had John Wildhack in the beginning, and I believe Fred did this to me. He said, "I want you to." read what you said in the first quarter of this football game. This would be interesting for you and for for you going forward and the people you work with. He transposed everything that I said, and I read what I said. And it was one of the most disjointed paragraphs (laughs) ever read. I use the term, so many people use the term, you know. right? It's a bridge to a thought. So I used to write on the top of my spotting board the term, you know, because it was something I wanted to eliminate from the broadcast. And and we find ourselves when we're looking for words, we just say, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, Chris, it, it's right. really been great, you know, spending time with you. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be an unbelievable football, uh, Super Bowl and, uh, you know.
0: But there's a there's a difference in in casual conversation and then broadcasting. Even if you want to sound somewhat casual, yeah. Uh, but that's a nice that's a nice uh, drill, I think, for for people to. I had I had not done that, but especially for uh, former players that are trying to get
1: into the business. I think exactly. I think them. it's the perfect thing for players to get into, just to see where their thoughts go, because so often, and it happens to guys that have been vet, and I I'm not going to name names. But I listen to some people where they start one direction. Before you know it, they've gone to three others. Yeah. Um, it really helps you focus on what you're trying to say.
0: Yeah, you got to make that point. You know, finish in between. the
1: thought and move on to the next.
0: Yeah, especially with the snap of the ball. And we have to finish this, but but Joe, we'll do this again when we can talk about other things beyond, uh, there's many other topics, but uh, good job on the book. And I enjoyed catching up. I, and I hope people listening to Joe Theismann and how to be a champion every day gain something from this if they apply it. And we'll talk again soon. Are right, You take care of yourself and thanks for coming on.
1: You too, Chris. Thanks an awful lot for having me. And I hope we get to see one another, maybe this year down in Tampa.
0: Real soon, we hope. Joe Theismann with us. Thank you for listening on CMI, the Chris Myers interview on Podcast Radio.
1: Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Microsoft
0: Teams is helping priority bicycles reinvent the way they work. When the pandemic hit, the bike shop had to close their New York City showroom. They found a way to reopen by doing virtual visits on Teams. Now, the team can meet with two or three times the number of customers than they could before. And now, people from all over the world can come into their showroom. Learn more about their story and others at Microsoft.com Teams.